Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So as I start this podcast, let me tell you straight up that I hate math. I never did well in it in school. I never had a teacher who really engaged my imagination. And most of the math that I've come to love or slightly master, uh, I've mastered in my adult years. However, I want in this podcast to explain some of the math that determines this entire 2016 presidential election. It's essential that you get this. And trust me, if I can understand it, you can. I'm terrible at math. If you can basically balance your checkbook, you're ahead of me. There, there are some very simple mathematical factors that determine the outcome of this entire election. And I'm going to explain them now. I'm going to explain them so simply and slowly that you can easily write this down. And if you've never understood this kind of stuff before, don't push the off button. You can get this. It used to be that the conversation amongst political consultants was that what you wanted to do was to capture everybody in your political party, or as many as you could anyway, Republican and Democrat, but you had to have a sizable percentage of what they called the Reagan Democrats. The Reagan Democrats were those in the middle who leaned a little bit leftward, but could be one to the conservative side if the conservative candidate, if the Republican candidate, wasn't an extreme nutcase. So they're the ones that Reagan was able to win by being sane, by being personable, and by having, in some cases, some moderate policies. And so for many years, consultants tried to help their candidates win those moderates. It's why people were always accused of running to the middle. You did what you did to capture those in your party, but you had to have a certain percentage of the Reagan Democrats in the middle. This was actually a good thing because it caused the candidates on each side of the political aisle to lighten up a bit and to have to make an appeal to someone who wasn't part of their natural base. Well, with the advent of Karl Rove and some other more aggressive political consultants, you began to have the belief that you had to run hard to your base. The thinking was that many people within a party don't run, especially the, the hardcore base of a party, don't tend to vote. They don't tend to get turned out. They don't get politically active because they're upset that their candidate isn't sticking by the core values of the party. So Karl Rove would tell Republican candidates, run hard to the right, run hard for the conservative core. And in the same way, there were people on the left, the Democrat Party, who were saying, run hard to the left, send those signals. And of course, that's what exactly what Barack Obama did. He ran hard to the left. He sent those signals in his famous convention speeches. He sent Sounded the trumpet for the for the religious left and the secular left, and he made very clear that he was a man of the left, and this engaged his base. So that was the thinking for a long time. You went from the Reagan era thinking that you run for the middle, so to speak, to win those Reagan Democrats, and then you began to move to the Karl Rove model, which is run hard for your core, your base, which made someone on the right sound like Attila the Hun and someone on the left sound like, you know, the, the Attila the Hun of the left, okay? 
Now the math has changed quite a bit. And, and here's what we need to know. In, in the 2012 presidential election, 41% of the voters, 41% of the voters identified themselves as moderates. And 29% identified themselves as independents. Now, why am I going back four years? Well, those would simply be the most recent numbers we have. So everybody in this election, this 2016 election, is going to be using those numbers. Now, if 41% of voters in the 2012 presidential election identify themselves as moderates and 29% identify themselves as independents, well, that's what, 70% of the voters are middling in some way. They're independent. They're, they think for themselves, so to speak. They're independent thinkers. Uh, they're nonconformists. They're moderates. They don't feel strong identification with either political party, and they will vote the way they want to vote. They might very well vote you know, opposite the party they're a member of. Now, notice that's, that's 70% of the electorate, 70% of those who actually voted, which is different, by the way, from those who give their opinion and don't vote. But we'll come back to that another time. Now, here's the problem. The problem is that about 5%, I'm sorry, let me say it a different way. There are about 5% more Democrats than Republicans. So in America, about, uh, about 5% more people identify as Democrats than they do Republicans. So the Democratic Party is larger. It has more voters. It has more people. Okay. So the, the, the result is that you can win all Republicans and you can win uh, a huge number of the or, the or all of the self-described conservatives and still lose the election if you're a Republican. Let me say that again. You can win all the Republicans and all the self-described conservatives in America and still lose the election because that number of people, that, those percentages, do not equal what you have to have to beat the Democrats if they're 5% more than the Republicans. How do I know that that's true? Because that's exactly what Mitt Romney did. Listen to this quote from an analysis in the Wall Street Journal. Almost all Republicans, 93%, and all self-described conservatives, 82.82%, voted for Mitt Romney. But that wasn't enough. Listen to this next sentence. Even if Mr. Romney had won every Republican or conservative voter, it still would not have been enough because there are roughly 5% more Democrats than there are Republicans. What this means now is the GOP needs a solid majority of independents to win a national election in 2016. Now, let me just restate it very quickly again, because I, I've always appreciated it in my horrible math education when someone restated it very, very briefly. There are 5% more Democrats than Republicans. And this means that a Republican candidate can win everybody who calls themselves a Republican and everybody who calls themselves a conservative and still not win the election. The point is that a Republican has got to have some moderates. In fact, they've got to have a majority of the independents to win an election. Okay? So what does that mean about the current election? It means that you've got to have a candidate 
who clings to his values, clings to core Republican values so that you engage Republicans as a whole, but you also are able to reach independents and moderates. It means that the wing nuts can't win. It means that the angry far right and far left can't win. You've got to have some degree of moderation. Now, I know people like to say the only thing in the middle of the road are dead skunks and yellow lines, and I understand all of that. Believe me, I understand that many people just sort of stand in the center because they, they don't have the courage to make a, 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 an expensive choice. But this is the electoral math, and it's absolutely true. The fact is that let's say Mr. Trump takes the, uh, gets the nomination. He not only has to win, take with him all Republicans and all self-described conservatives, he also has to win a majority of independents, which is uh, code language for moderates. And the point is that you have to look as you place your vote. If you want to win, if you want to win, if you aren't Republican and you want to win, you've got to ask yourself, uh, is Mr. Trump able to do that? Is Mr. Cruz able to do that? Is Mr. Rubio able to do that? Who is able to engage the base, engage the party, engage conservatives, and also reach a majority of moderates of those that are called independents? Now, this is the electoral math, and there's no questioning it. Uh, it's almost like in the last election, uh, the, the, the percentage by which Barack Obama had won certain states in the previous election, he only had to win half of that this time, and he was going to win the presidency. I mean, there was just not much question about what was going to happen unless an overwhelming tide came from the right, and it just didn't. And so some of us were saying, look, much as we'd like to see Mr. Obama defeated, the fact is it's not going to happen in this election. Some folks weren't happy with us, but it it was just math. And if I come to a mathematical conclusion, believe me, it has to be proven and simple because I don't understand it otherwise. So please understand what I'm saying. In the 2016 presidential election, <clears throat> excuse me, the Republican candidate can not win if all he does is win or she win every conservative and every Republican. They or he or she must be able to win a majority of moderates. So they're going to have to have a wider range. They're going to have to be able to put their arms around more voters. It's not a matter of compromise. It's a matter of uh, incorporating the politics of a wide variety of people, showing sanity, showing leadership, showing balance. And right now, anyway, the Republican race is is kind of a um, hmm. Let's see, how can I say it without being crass? Um, it it it's sort of a uh, I you know who's the toughest bully on the on the playground? Uh, Mr. Trump gets up and calls the sound man an sob and says he's not playing, uh, going to pay for the f and mic and and says all that in front of a room full of you know God and country conservatives. Um, and and that's it, that's chest beating. Let's let's keep all uh, Muslims out of the country and and let's undo this and let's let's make Mexico pay for this and that. And it's chest beating. Um, most of it couldn't even happen as a matter of public policy. And I'm not going after Mr. Trump alone. Uh, the majority at the top of this later making asinine statements uh, that simply aren't executable. So what's going to have to happen is they're going to have to lighten up, not compromise their values, but figure out, first of all, how to, how to be sane. Second of all, figure out how to express themselves in broader, uh, more democratic, uh, more American-centric, uh, more statesmanlike fashion. 
and reach to a majority of the country. I have to say to you that I'm not bothered by this dynamic uh, because it assures exactly what I've been saying, that those who are going to top the ticket are going to have to be statesmen or women. They're going to have to be uh, people who understand American culture, American life, American values. They're going to have to express themselves in something other than the extremist terms that wins elections, but by which you cannot rule the country. So this is the electoral math. On the right, we have to be able to draw in the moderates because the left, the the Democratic Party in America, is 5% larger. And remember that if Mr. Romney had taken all of the ones I've described, and he largely did, he, he could not win the election. Things have to change. And I understand that conservatives are angry, and I understand that's why a huge amount are rallying around Mr. Trump. But I I urge you to consider who has the ability to draw in moderates, engage the base, and actually be the Churchillian statesman that we need in our generation. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is directed by Isaac Darnold, who also wrote, produced, and performed the podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.